one year, I kind of got an idea. You know, I want to try trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? You would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money in over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We've got some deferable. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Represent trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Herb Lennon Game Magazine. Instruction from Herb Lennon. Herb Lennon's articles, the Herb Lennon ads. Two information, trapping radios. We are trappers and ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet that's working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you've got variables to change the characters, you've got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the first shed. It's trapping today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. It's great to have you each and every week. We're brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures. K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S dot com. They have everything you need from a full line of baits, lures, lure making supplies, traps, and everything you need to get started on the trap line. Go to Cotsbros.com. On X Maps, use your phone as a GPS on the trap line. Mark trap locations, run tracks, get landowner information, and use the latest aerial imagery to do scouting. And Moyle Lincoln Tannery. Get your fur tanned by the professionals, a family-run company out of Idaho. Moyle has been doing this for decades. They do an incredible job and produce a beautifully tanned pelt. So whether it's going to be something that you're going to hang on the wall, whether you're going to make a pair of mitts or a hat or sell some tanned fur, Moyle is the place to go uh, get that fur preserved for the long term. Okay, great to have you guys here as always. Thanks again for listening. And... We are going to get into the episode. This is part two with Jim Comstock from Comstock Custom Cage. And just a reminder, if you want to contact Jim, he's great to talk with. He can be reached at the phone number 518-792-2371 or at the email info, I-N-F-O, at ComstockCustomCage.com and comstockcustomcage.com is the website. So in this episode, Jim and I talk about uh, how uh, his kind of underlying thoughts behind cage trap design, the different types of cage traps that he has worked on and designed, the uh, popular traps that he makes and uh, uses, and everything about the, we we got into the manufacturing side of things and costs and, and all of those little details and things that people don't often think about when you think of uh, a, a, a trapping supplier. So I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll get right into the episode now. This is the fun part for us is we get to live vicariously through everybody's experiences. They, they show us, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff that we never believed, you know, that was like, what happened? Tell me that again. <laughs> so you have... 
do you ever do anything with guillotine doors? What's your thoughts on those? Uh, that is the one thing that I have totally avoided because of the impracticality. The limitations with a, with a guillotine door trap are, are many. And I mean, if I take, say, our bobcat trap, I wouldn't build a trap until I had a better trap. And so for years, I didn't build any. I thought, if I'm going to build one, it's going to be because I know it's superior to anything that's out there. So the first one I built was a, a lock rig trap, and that was good. Uh, but I couldn't nest traps inside. Uh, and it, the door stuck out in front. So when I made the one with the powered bifold door that folds up inside the trap, now if the trap is, is uh, 24 inches high or whatever it is, you can fit it in a 24-inch culvert. You don't, you don't have anything sticking up above and beyond your trap. Mm -hmm. If you're going to stick it underwater, you got a run that's, uh, say, 16 inches deep, and the ice is starting to form. What are you going to do with a guillotine door trap? useless they they hang up they tend to hang up on angles you know the doors can yeah. can hang in, in the slides when one side gets a little lower than the other yep it's uh there's there's just too many things with them that make them impractical and i i can't say that i never built one because i built one and and mine's different than anybody else's naturally. I wouldn't have built it. I, I never have said it, actually. It's a great big long one. It's 15 by 18 by, I think it's five feet long. I don't even know what I was thinking when I built it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to try it. It, it, it. it does work pretty well as far as, you know, the function of it because it's got a different door on it. It's a different slide rail. Yeah. But, um yeah, I just, uh, with the door sticking up and you're talking about hiding it from somebody, I mean, it kind of says, steal me, you know, your bobcat trap. And, and if you're in the North Country, anywhere above the Mason-Dixon, and, and you're, you're in snow country where, you know, it snows this morning and then the temperature goes up to 40 degrees in the afternoon, the snow melts a little bit, drifts down onto your contact points, everything freezes up solid and it won't move. They, I say the, the guys in Washington had uh, eight guillotine door traps and four of our set one night when it, you know, it snowed, rained, all the guillotines froze solid. They got three cats in our traps. Yeah, so they, they work, they work good in, in the rough weather conditions. Yeah. Well, you can cover them. You could put a, you could put a tarp over them, a, a plastic garbage bag or uh, shingles or whatever you got and keep the weather off them. And what are you going to do with the guillotine door trap? Nothing. Now, these traps with, with the doors on the inside of the trap, the, initially the first thought I would have had was, well, the animal has to be quite a ways in to get away from the door as the door is closing. But you've got these so they're closing from the bottom up and kind of pushing the animal in towards the center of the trap. Is that right? On the, on the beaver trap, yeah. And that we use that for beaver and otter. And um, you can use them on land to close from the top down, too. One fellow in Massachusetts just sent his pictures last week of 270-pounders he caught on land where they crawled through. Yeah. Which kind of surprised me, actually. Huh. But what's good, too, about these traps is any angle. You can set them sideways, right side up, upside down, any kind of oblique angle, and they still function exactly the same. Gravity has no, no bearing on these no. traps. It's like a conibear trap. You can yep. set a conibear wherever you want. And that's what the advantage is 
uh, it, with the power, having the power to it, because then it allows you to do that. I, I had a partner in the beginning of this that wasn't too keen on using uh, power doors. And he said, no, we don't need power doors. And I thought, I think we do. So I kind of went my own way on that. And I'm glad I stuck to my guns. Well, yeah, I mean, it seems like that is the big distinguishing factor other than the trigger instead of the pan um, is the power doors that make this trap so special. Right. And then, I mean, we make um, all sorts of stuff. We had one fella, uh, this Jared Walker, who was in Michigan, now moved to Colorado. And he wanted a trap that was narrow for coon. Instead of being 9 by 11, he, he wanted one very narrow. And I said, yeah, I'll build you whatever you want. So I built a 6 by 11. He, he puts it on his side and shoves it up in a dormer. And basically, it, it, it fits up in there so tight, he has to do almost no block and puts one screw to hold it in place. And where that coon is coming in and out of the house, uh, he bangs them. He says that's his go-to trap. He's got well over 500 coon in them. Wow. And what kind of springs do these traps have on them? Um, they're a coil spring. Yeah. Just like, like a typical, like you'd have in a, in a regular coil spring trap? Uh, yeah, but it's just, a, it's a very small coil as far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. So it, it's much, much, much lighter because uh, you don't need that much power. The, like the beaver trap has 20 pounds of pressure on it when you add up the lock bar springs and uh, the door springs. We also, of course, have, you know, power doors on the woodchuck and raccoon traps, too, which which really helps. Uh, you can see videos online all the time where people are posting and the door closes and, and it's just bang. They're in it. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Uh, what What is this, uh, the double door trap? How does that work? Well, most of the traps we built are double doors. I engineered double door traps first because you can always drop a door off if you don't want it. Okay, so double door, you just mean a door on each end? Yes. Okay, yep. I guess what I'm trying to say, I, I gave you the wrong uh, term, oh, okay. uh, bifold. Oh, the bifold. Okay, now the bifold, it, it's joined in the middle, and it folds into the trap and up against the top. And uh, it's, it's a flush mount trap, and uh, when it's set, and you can, you know, you can drop it right back into a culvert pipe and nobody will ever notice it's, it's even up in there. I say with a guillotine door trap, you can still do it, but you'd have to have a three foot high culvert where this one will work. If the trap fits in there, you got it. And, and with the guillotine, no. But um, um, I, I've been a, a big advocate of having traps built that are basically have no external components. They're totally self-contained. There's nothing that protrudes back past the frame of the trap anywhere. The handles are it. So I don't have, um, you know, any kind of uh, springs or clips or bells or whistles or anything to hang up or, or for an animal to mess with. If, you know, sometimes on a trap, they, they can climb around on top of them before they go in them, you know, like a raccoon or whatever. And it's nice to have everything all self-contained then you don't have to worry about them messing with the trigger system. Yeah, they're not going to set it set it off. No, I can imagine no. that could be a nightmare. Very much so. And and having been coming up through the ranks as a fur trapper, then an animal damage control trapper first, 
I knew what I needed to have and what the public would like because we're all the same. We all need the same, have the same needs. And so if you build a trap that's uh, for your own needs, then other people are going to like it too. And uh, when when you got a truck full of traps, you don't want to reach back there like you know when you go to grab your conibear bear and the whole wad comes. You you just want to get one trap. And with these, they're just a um, you know, each trap is separate. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And now uh, these are not they're not nesting traps, but you said you have uh, some different sizes that guys can use. Like like the guys that are packing traps in, they they can use a couple different sizes that'll slide inside of each other. Well, the bobcat traps do nest. Yeah, we have an 18, a 21, and a 24 high bobcat traps, and they do nest. So if you're okay. carrying them in on a wheeler or something, you could put all three in one set and carry them in together. The uh, the beaver traps, though, when I'm carrying the beaver traps, I use bungee straps and then put clips on them, not the hooks, but actual clips, and clip it to the bottom of the top of the trap and throw it on my back, and it becomes a pack. It's a pack, yeah. You can even put yeah. stuff in it. Well, yeah, I suppose you could put some light stuff in it. You wouldn't want to put too much in yeah, it, yeah. but but the trap as it is works fine. And then I'll sometimes, uh, I think Bob Noonan said the other day, he was saying, yeah, you can carry one in each hand, you know, they're not that heavy. And I mean, I've come out of swamps with a beaver in each one and then they're heavy, but, uh, um, I have uh, those, uh, you know, those jet sleds. They're, they make an 18 wide, you just drop one in, they make a 24, and you tip them up and put two beaver traps in it side by side. So you can throw one on your back, you can put two in a sled and carry one in your hand, you can carry three or four traps if you want without that much trouble. Yeah. And I'm an old bugger. <laughs> <laughs> so these, uh, do you make all these? Uh, these are, are, are made in Wisconsin by Tomahawk. Okay. They've been making them for us now for, I guess, about seven years. We made, we've been making them for 10. This is our, like our 11th year. So it's been seven or eight years they've been making them. So it took you a few years to make them out of your place and just make sure that everything was the way you wanted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we couldn't keep up with it. We knew that if we stayed with it, I would never be able to do any R&D on any new traps. And I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be able to do any more animal damage control. And I didn't want to be in the shop all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, they got a bunch of guys welding together now. You know, they started out with a station or two. Now they got multiple stations. And uh, they're also, too, um, we didn't have, uh, you know, the system that they have. They've got the powder coating. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they put the hard powder coating on there. And um, it holds up pretty well. There's nothing that lasts forever. So you have to touch them up with a little Rust-Oleum paint maybe after a year or two. But, um I've got traps out here that that I kind of get abusive with them. I don't even clean them up. They're they get they get a little bit rusty or they get a little bit dirty. I paint right over the mud, <laughs> <laughs> but they keep catching. So it's like I I don't want to spend too much time with them. <laughs> right, right. But you you do have to pay attention a little bit, you know, like like anything, a little bit of maintenance here and there. Uh, what's what's the most popular selling trap that you make? Uh, the beaver trap is one of the very most popular because it fills a unique niche. The um, clamshell type traps are all kind of similar. You know, the Coro, the Bailey, the Hancock. Mm -hmm. But this is a swim-through trap. It's lighter. Um, it's far less expensive. Uh, it's half the price of the Hancock now. And 
all that you do is set it and literally I'll, I'll have runs that are over my hip boots and I can't reach it. I throw them in. I step them, throw them. And I was accused of being gimmicky with it, but you get someplace and you look out there and you can see the dish and you know right where they're traveling, but you can't reach it because you're just wearing hip boots. So you got your potato hook, you throw the damn thing and then reach out there in the water, straighten it out in the run, bingo, you got a beaver. That sounds quite simple. <laughs> it's, it's too easy. It's too easy. As I said, describe the dam break sets to uh, Bob Noonan. Um, I started out with the one that we use just, you take and make a little hole in the dam, set the trap on top of it, and then cover the trap all up. And basically they sw just swim up through the trap to see where the leak is and you catch them. But the other thing is sometimes they'll be back in a culvert pipe and I'll just go back in the culvert, open it up a little bit, let some water make some noise, drop the traps just in front of the culvert on the bottom, no blocking, covering anything, have them both first night. Yeah. Huh. Just beyond simple, beyond ridiculously simple. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to stabilize them. Nothing, nothing. You don't have to wire them. You don't stabilize them. You don't fence Put them. Put them any position. You'll that's it. And if they're, they're sitting on, I've had traps that are sitting there on a rock pile and they're all off at some screwball angle. And you're like, boy, that looks like hell. But I think the beaver will go through it. Next day you got them. <laughs> uh, is there any preference in terms of whether they're set underwater or out of the water? Only if you decide you want a live beaver. For the people that are in the live uh, end of it where they want to transport them, um, you set the trap. Um, you can set it upside down in about 10 inches of water, leave a couple of inches of airspace, or you could set it right side up even, but you just, you know, you got to leave a little bit of room for them to, to breathe and they're fine for live trap. But most of the time, now beaver don't actually drown. They asphyxiate. They just right. stop breathing. Yeah. And so, um, but I don't, I, I can't keep them alive. I can't transport them and move them. So I set the traps underwater and most of the time, you know, it, then it's used as a lethal trap. But in your experience, they're just as willing to go through a trap out of water than they are underwater? Right. The only thing I have noticed is a live beaver, they talk to each other. And when you just, oh boy, you catch a live beaver. Well, I had one night, I, the water was just a little shallow in the places I wanted to set, but I set them anyway. So I had three beaver all, you know, 40, 45 pounds. And uh, they're all live looking at me, whatever. So I said, well, geez, we'll see if there's any more. So I reset the next night, same thing, little caster in the area, nothing. The next night, nothing. I said, oh, maybe I got them all. So then I get a call. No, they're still plugging that culvert. Really? I said, well, he wouldn't go near the sets after that. So the next time I came back, started, you know, setting the sets underwater, moving around, set a couple of kind of bears. And uh, I caught eight more beaver there. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, they they they, they just shut. Don't come shut, to the cages. Shut. Don't come to the oh, cages. They, they shut right down. They shut right down. So <laughs> if you go to live trap, it doesn't hurt to set, you know, several traps, and uh, you know, catch them. Maybe catch as many as you can in one night. Yeah. But yeah. like I say, I, I'm not geared up for the you know for doing the live trapping and moving anyway. So that's not anything I've really keyed in on. But somebody doing it would probably you know have more idea if they were doing it regularly they would know what to do to make sure that you caught the most you know at one time sure sure 
Now, you're making a product that is uh, all steel and using a lot of steel. Do you ever run into the challenge of costs and trying to keep this thing where it's competitive, where trappers can afford it, um, but you can also make a profit? Every day, that's the biggest issue. Because here's the thing. You got an American-made product. So guess what? You, you, you don't want to pay the guy $1.265 an hour. You want to pay him a living wage. You want to give him, you know, $16, $18 an hour, whatever, so that he's he's making making something that's worth his while and he can take pride in. So they, they pay pretty well for making these things. So when they sell them, you know, they've got to pay for all the benefits and everything else that goes with it. And right now, the cost of steel, it's just gone nuts. I was paying a buck a pound when I first started a few years ago. And I went the other day, and what I bought was a little more than an armful of steel, I thought. 264 pounds. I asked the guy, I said, how much did I just spend? He said, a thousand bucks. Wow. And I'm like, are you serious? It was up near four bucks a pound. So, um, it's, yeah, uh, labor is the biggest consideration, but right now, uh, due to the COVID thing, uh, getting materials has been whew, a big concern, big concern. So guys, I've been telling guys to buy your trapping supplies early and often this year because things everything seems to be going up yeah yeah and and what too um you know when you're buying our products you can buy directly from us it helps us out a great deal i mean we still have our retail business uh our website we go to the shows and promote and then anybody who's interested in learning how to do it if i've got to spend hours with somebody teaching them how to do it on the phone i do it so that's, and uh, we share information and you know generally if you call a big corporation you're going to get an employee and they may not have had any experience i mean i'm out there trapping every day after i get off the phone with you i got to go pick up a woodchuck and check a couple beaver traps (laughs) so that's comstockcustomcage.com yes uh, you've got a one-year warranty on all these traps and it looks like you've got them patented that must have been expensive it wasn't cheap Uh, (laughs) they're not giving them away i can tell you the 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 first time we tried we had a different kind of a deal with uh, using a conibear trigger and i realized that that really wasn't what i wanted to pursue anyway and so we dropped it and then i told my wife i said well i said i think i can come up with a better uh deal uh this time and i spent 90 days working on it at the end of 90 days i had it where i wanted it and uh, then we got the patent took years to get through. You have no idea what you go through to get it. Uh, you, you, you spend, you give the lawyer thousands up front and then they send it in to the patent office and then they reject it and tell you to defend it. And then you send in another 1500, then they send you more to defend and it goes back and forth three or four or five times and you keep defending. Do you finally said, Hey, Send me the whole ball of wax. If you got a problem, send it to us. We'll defend it now, and let's get this over with. And and finally, they, they gave us the patent, but it was what a headache. Yeah, I know a lot of people in the trapping industry have have uh, not gotten patents for that reason. It, the, the time and the expense of it is just you have to have a product that you are relatively confident is going to sell well in order to invest that much into it. Right. And then and then um, hopefully it's different enough where, um, you know, if somebody's going to make another trap, they won't copy yours. If they do, then, you know, you give them a cease and desist. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's uh, it, the, everything you do with with all this. It's an adventure. I can tell you, it, you have no idea all of the stuff we went through to get to the point we we're at. Every once in a while, we we look back and sort of laugh about it, <laughs> but we we flew out to Michigan early in the game, and we had a company that was going to make traps for us, and uh, that that all frizzled out. We had a, a lot of time and quite a bit of money invested in that, and that that fell apart but you get lucky and you, you meet a few people somebody steers you in the right direction my neighbor uh, made me some jigs one day he says you're making these way too slow you need some jigs and i said well he says i'll make you a couple he said beautiful so there was just a few little things that that were we found a, a place to make us parts economically and uh, we, we stuck our neck out. We bought thousands of parts, spent, spent a whole bunch of money and just crossed our fingers. They said, well, either, either we're going to have a shop full of a whole lot of parts or we're going to sell some traps. <laughs> yeah, that is the risk you take. <laughs> and, and then what happened was we started making the beaver traps and we never, ever caught up. The only time I, I, had, I had told Judy, I said, I, I want to make 50 ahead. And we got up to, I think, 13. And then Fred Lawrence from Washington, he had called us and ordered one trap, and he said, uh, I want to just test it. And I said, that you're welcome to do it. And, of course, I told Judy right then, I said, we got him. <laughs> I, said, I, I, I said, I got a hook in his lip, boy. I said, he, he's, he's coming our way, I know. And uh, he called back a few weeks later, and he said, yeah, send me another half a dozen of those, because he said he would be getting more. And I thought that was it. And then... Uh, uh, a few weeks after that, he said, yeah, could you send me another 18? <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I said, we got 13 made, Fred. We'll get you the other five. So, And, and then we never caught up. We had a guy that was uh, subcontracted out with us who was making the parts, uh, assembling the parts and bringing us the, the door units. And, and I told him, I said, just keep making them, and I'll tell you when to stop. And we never did. And, th and then Tomahawk took over. So That's a good problem to have. What? Yeah, yeah. Tomahawk's licensed to make our traps. We still own Comstock Custom Cage, so we're still very much in it in all all aspects. Yeah. So, but uh, they're they are the manufacturer, and that's what that's their thing. That's what they do, and I I wouldn't want their headaches. I I'm no. telling you, I would I would not want what they went through this last year, especially. Oh my God, uh, you know, with the COVID, and now you know, with the, now the prices of stuff go down and. They're, you know, they're very attentive to, to keeping the prices down. And the last thing they want to do is raise a price. But, you know, all of a sudden, your steel's going up leaps and bounds. What do you do? Yeah. You know, and you, you just you don't want to say. absorb that for so long. Oh, yeah. Not, not very long either because you start going into negative numbers. So. Now, how about shipping on these things? They're, they're pretty bulky uh, items to ship. You had to ask. <laughs> Shipping has been a nightmare from the get-go because uh, they're big. You're shipping a lot of air. And, of course, we feel bad when we ship them out to somebody and we say, yeah, well, it's going to be 42 bucks or $68 or whatever to ship something across country. But you call around, whether it's UPS or FedEx or the post office, whatever, it's all the same. And they've raised their prices incredibly, and they're, they they just happen to have a cutoff on the beaver trap. Our beaver trap length 
and girth comes out to just about 106. That's the cutoff. Yeah. And so we're just, I can, it, we, we, we bought boxes before and we had it at 105. If the box gets stretched a little bit or moves a little bit, um, all of a sudden it goes up and, and jumps up by $18. Yeah. yeah. And, and if, if we'd given you a price on them and tried to, you know, squeeze it way down and then, they they charge us the extra then we got it we got to oh, absorb yeah. it i've done that with i've done all the measurements and then ups bills my credit card an extra 15 bucks or 20 bucks yeah you've been there <laughs> you've been there you know yeah. what it is and that's what we're going through now and so i'm i'm trying to do a little more if we can just to to keep that under control we had some traps set set for the factory to us so we had them on hand our big thing is here the beaver trap is the one trap that I want to be the one of the country that always has them on hand. The factory uh, does not want to keep inventory. They like to build to order, and that's okay if things are moving along and it's not too busy. But you get a few big orders, things happen, and then suddenly you're two, three weeks out. And I don't want to tell people that we can't get you traps for some time. Yeah, you so, don't want them shopping around for uh, competitor strap either that's exactly it. Uh, fortunately like i say this one fills a niche that there there really isn't anything that's quite like it but still i don't want to make somebody mad i want to make somebody happy and say hey geez we got your trap just a few days later thanks so much we set it the other day and caught our beaver um rather than well we can't get it to you for a month so we ordered in lots of traps here which we had to pay the shipping for and we ordered in uh um enough where we thought we had a handle on this and all of a sudden it went from from 25 dollars a box to 42 dollars a box and i'm thinking we don't make the markup is not huge on these things and we're going to have to absorb all that it's like so we had to shut it down we couldn't we we stopped having traps sent to us but i've got an arrangement with um a friend of mine who just happens to live very close to the factory and now he's picking up traps there. So if you wanted beaver traps, it's going to go out same day or next day. It'd be shipped uh, just a few miles down from the factory. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So and they're, and they're fairly like, centrally located in the country, so it can go yes, all directions. Yes. Yeah, it's good for that. So uh, I've got my friend Brad out there in Wisconsin that he he uh, they're all boxed up when he gets them. So we we send we basically email a label he prints Slap it, slaps yep. it on, and away she goes. Nice. And so um, he just he just shipped out uh, I don't know eight or nine of them here in the last few days, and um, he just picked up another dozen. And then we ordered another dozen. So I want to keep a dozen or two ahead all the time with them. And I'd like to do it with some of the other traps too. Maybe the multi-purpose, which is. Um, the most versatile trap in the world for woodchucks because it is built with a 26 inch catch box has a, um, a 10 inch built in nose cone with a hole on the bottom. The universal trap built by safeguard has that hole in the bottom, but that's where the similarities stop. There's a single door trap. Ours is a double door trap. We have a flap on the end and two on the side. So you can mate it up to a hole in a building sideways left or right or straight out and you can also add traps to it by just flipping the flap up and button another trap up against it so this is like a a, a dream come true for an animal damage control trapper they buy them by the hundreds and there's there's guys that'll have um uh 
uh, you know, three or four or five trucks on the road and they buy them for all their guys because the guy just walks up, sets it over the den and he goes and he goes to the next job. Now, we also have, that's, there's like about four different ways you could do that for, say, traffic woodchuck. Um, we have been the ones who, like I say, have been the ones who kind of revitalized um, what we call positive sets, setting the traps right over den holes. Yeah. It, it had always been around. Tomahawk made nose cones, and they had um, uh, some double-door traps. And, Can you explain what the nose cone does? Yeah, the nose cone is a directional tool. It shoots the, the animal into the trap if he's coming out of the hole. And if he's going back to the den, he goes through the trap and goes down through. So it, it means that if he's coming or going, you own him. And, and I remember setting baited woodchuck traps for years. And the bait goes stale. The woodchuck didn't like the bait you had. Then you caught a possum. Then you caught a skunk. And it was just you know, kind of just headaches and it dragged out. And I'm like, instant gratification. I want to be in there and done. So I'm looking at these beautiful holes. The woodchucks are going in and out. I think, why can't some idiot just set a trap in front of the hole? And I'm like, Hey, I'm that idiot. I could do that. So I, I got basically double door pan traps and I started with those and I built big wooden boxes that went over them. And not knowing even that there was no scones available out there. And, um, and then it started working for me, but then I didn't like the way the traps function, particularly dirt got stuck under the pan. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, something would break or an animal would push out. And so then we built the, the heavy duty traps. And when you set that thing in a den, I mean, that's it. He's yours. I got the money spent before I get there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you, you, you basically walk up to the set. You see where you're going to set where uh, a woodchuck's got a hole. Take your potato hook, rake, uh, break up the dirt, set the trap down, and and just uh, uh, ram it back and forth, and the dirt will bleed right up through the bottom and cover the wires. Now the trap's set right in front of the hole, so you got this nose cone that sets then over the den hole and over the trap, and it's it's uh, metal directs the animal into the trap. Yeah, right into it, and. Uh, the thing is with woodchucks that people don't realize it just because you set a trap at a den site um, uh, doesn't mean that that woodchuck's in the hole. So if you're using a single door trap, you just kind of messed yourself up because now if he comes back, he's just going to dig around it and go in. So if you've got a double door trap. He just goes, oh, well, here's where I got to go. And they, and they go right in. Sometimes what I'll do too is I'll break up uh, some of the dirt and I'll pile some even in front of the trap to make it look like that's where the woodchuck just dug the hole out. Just add a little bit more to it, you know, and they'll see the soft, fresh dirt and uh, bingo. But I've had them um, wait to come back um, easily eight, 10, 12 days and more before the first one returns. And the one woman I always talk about, she had a flower garden that was getting devastated and I put the trap in front of the of, of where they were going under the bay window. Sat there for 10 days. I finally called her up and said, Linda, um, have you seen any woodchucks? She said, not a one. I said, she goes, oh, you better pick up your traps. I said, well, look, humor me. I said, the traps don't eat anything. They don't need any maintenance because they're not baited. 
and I'm not going to charge you another nickel for having them sit there. So let's just see what happens. You're just curious at that point. Well, curious, and also I knew that if I picked up those traps, that it would be the damn woodchuck's going to come back the next day yeah. and mow her flowers down. And and then you're then you're playing catch-up ball because you might have moved on by then. So I said, I'm going to preempt this. I'm going to be proactive, and I'm going to sit right here until he comes back. Well, day 13, we caught number one. Day 19, we caught number two. Day 22, we caught number three. And day 36, we caught number six. <laughs> they just kept coming back. Yeah. I've, I've done that many times. People have a flower, uh, flower garden or vegetable garden, and they got a hole that's near it, and it may be semi-active. You can see where he's been there, but he's not living there all the time because they go from uh, backyard to backyard, have many dens and, and many different uh, yards. And so you're just waiting on him. And the day that he comes back, you own him. He's yours. And then sometimes there'll be two, three, four, five, six come back during the course of the summer. And I just leave the trap set right there because I don't want to get the call and say, he just ate all my beans. Yeah. You know. It's good insurance to have the trap there. That's exactly what it is. It's an insurance policy. Uh, Now, you couldn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you seems like you couldn't use a nose cone in one of those traditional have a heart traps with the doors sticking out the side out the ends um yeah you can you can but um it's uh just the trap itself um i'm not a, a big fan of the way the triggering works on on the double door traps they're, they've got that thing that that, that external thing that balances. Yep. Your, your your nose cone would have to be stick out past the external um, um, uh, cables, you know, the uh, rods on them, yep. and kind of a mess. I mean, I'm sure you could make it work, but why would you want them? <laughs> yep. And I like that trick you mentioned. A lot, uh, people who aren't familiar with cage trapping, maybe haven't had to deal with that, but, but, uh, covering using dirt to kind of cover up the, the, uh, the floor of the cage. Right. Oh yeah. You do that with anything, uh, whether you're trapping, uh, if you can raccoons, skunks, bobcats, fisher, all of it. Uh, right now, what's been really interesting is that we learn vicariously through all of the other people that are out there trapping the, um, the California people bought a lot of our traps last year. They got a huge nutrient problem out in the Central Valley out there, and it's they're making a mess. And um, I don't know. They didn't use strictly our traps, but an awful lot of them, and they caught they caught 2,600 newts. Hmm. So we're, we've been kind of involved in that. And then also uh, the Canadians have been doing a fisher study, and they used – pan trap with gravity door the first year and they ran about a 50 percent success rate in capture so the fisher would back out you know hold the door open and back out and uh so needless to say you're setting up trail cams you gotta drive somewhere you're paying a, a tech to set the trap everything that goes into it and then you did everything right and then you missed the animal so it was pretty discouraging for him so he called us up and he said, well, um, we'd like to traps, you know, try some of your traps. And I said, well, you, you're going to do better with them. I won't guarantee you anything, but you'll do better. And uh, uh, you should be you should be pleased. And 
we're happy to say they ran 100%. They never missed any. Yeah, see, when they do those studies, I think they, they calculate the budget and say, okay, how many traps can we get with under right. budget? And yep. and they weren't, they're not really thinking about the, the quality of the trap and, and what you're going to catch with it. Well, I think they don't realize that our but traps are difference. out and that how big a difference there really is. And, and it's mega. It's a, it's a mega difference. I mean, when you go from 50 to 100%, they sent us great videos. We got them online on Facebook. Uh, the Fisher being caught, Martin being caught, um, and a whole family of lynx moved in there. And the first cat came up, I right away knew it was a kitten. It was two-thirds grown. It was in the fall. And then a second kitten, then a third kitten. And they're climbing on the trap and walking all around it. And that's the other thing. The traps are so incredibly stable. Uh, they're not going to misfire just because they get bumped or touched. The cats were jumping up on top of it and everything else. And then when the, the sow cat came in, the, the kittens were hesitant to go in it. But she smelled the bait. And she plowed right in. She didn't even smoke. <laughs> He's feeding those three fools, you know, and they're all hungry all the time. So uh, she plowed right in and got caught. Of course, they let them all go, you know, let her go the next day and they all took off. But um, it was just so neat. It looks like a Disney footage. The, it, the clarity, uh, you know, the, the, the greens it's on the Facebook, the greens and the browns and the cats. And it was centered up perfect. And it, it, it looked like the kittens were actors. You know, it looked like it was scripted. It was like, man, you couldn't have trained them to do better. But, um, yeah, they, we, we got, you know, a number of people now use the bifolds for bobcats. And, and I've got guys even using the bifolds for beaver. So the bobcat traps will work for beaver and the beaver traps will work for bobcats. And now it's time for the Cotsbro's message of the week. And if you go to cotsbros.com, that's K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S, you can find, uh, you can do a lot of different things, actually. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can shop in different categories. And one of the things that it will uh, pay to pay attention to is the clearance and specials section. And so I'm looking at the clearance and specials right now, and there are five things that are on sale. 99 Coyotes is a limited supply lure that Kellen has formulated, and that is on sale. Uh, Midnight Snack is a, a coon trapping bait. Uh, there are some chain drowner locks that are on closeout sale. Uh, snap hooks closeout, and Mill Creek Lures Running the Line Dirt and Water Trapping Basics DVD. That is a $25 DVD on sale for $12.99. So all these items are in limited supply. So get over to Cotsbros.com and check them out and take advantage of this limited offer. All right, guys. Thank you again. And as always, you can contact me, jrodwood at gmail.com, J-R-O-D-W-O-O-D at gmail.com. This time of year, I may not respond right away. It might take me up to a week to respond. Apologize in advance, but I will get back to you. All right, take care, and till next time, keep on talking trapping, keep on thinking trapping. We'll catch you on the next episode.